The Man in Line with Andy Waite. Master Mai, good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line on Manx Radio. Live today with Martin Perkins, former Garth MHK. If you want to get in touch, text, email, call and WhatsApp. I'll be honest with you, I'll let you into a little behind the scenes here. In the News and Current Affairs Department at Manx Radio in the uh, last general election, we had a, a poll as to who we thought would lose their seat, the MHKs who were at risk. Martin Perkins was absolutely nowhere near the top of that list. Topped the poll in 2016 and in 2021 uh, came fourth. So, fast am I, Martin? Fast am I. Fast am I. So, t- tell me what happened in 2021. I think in 2021, uh, I was probably, uh, with the courage of my convictions, I could not support the sewage being pumped out of Laxey. It uh, went against the green credentials. Um, as an ex-engineer, um, I understood the principles of pumping sewage up 480 feet, and uh, I just couldn't support it. And I was absolutely um, blunt in the hustings and told the, uh, the uh, electorate that, and mm. a lot of them didn't like it. There were some powerful people um, who got behind the best for Laxey, and they were convinced that the best for Laxey was to pump it all the way to Miriveg, which isn't going to happen now because Manx Utilities are, we've, we're going to get the sort of second worst thing of pumping it up out of Laxey to the um, picnic site up to um, the top of the valley there and it's all mm. going to come back down and out in the same place. But we shall see. I'm watching this. I don't hold any grudges. I uh, Politics is a rough old game and, uh, you know, you can be uh, kicked out at any time. I'll take you back to it was a, a, a rather elderly lady who I spoke to sometime after the election it was from Onken and of course part of Onken was in Garth and she said that poor man was limping when he came to my house. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the other problem. I'd been waiting for a hip replacement for two and a half years, and I was on sort of crutches trying to get round to the um, electorate. And, of course, Laxey, as you know, Onkin wasn't a problem because most of it's on the flat, but Laxey was very much uphill and downdale, mm. and I would have liked to have done more, but uh, you, you can't. Since that time, I've had it, of course, and um, I'm fighting fit, ready for action. Were you in pain? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I went to the... Uh, surgeons and I got an urgent appointment to have it done which would be um, 18 months down the line um, an emergency one was six months at that time now it has been addressed they've had mm-hmm. locums in to do various people um, but yeah uh, but it's all water on the bridge now Andy and uh, you know my glass is always half full I, I don't um, dwell on the past I don't navel gaze you just get on and, and being keen on supporting the island the community spirit that we've got and it's a fantastic community um, I get involved with a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you were over in California, I think. Was it over Christmas? Oh, yeah. It was the first week in November, and that was just so special. Um, a group of 14 of us, we, we all paid our own way, um, and we went out uh, the 10-and-a-half-hour trip and arrived in San Diego to the Star of India, and there she was on the quayside. Um, and as we sort of walked along, it was 7 o'clock in the evening, and they had prepared the boat over the last week or so for the sail that it was going to do on, on the 
the day and they were hauling up the Manx flag. It was just fortuitous. So we broke into the Manx national anthem and finished up with Alan Vannin. And by the time we'd finished, we probably had a, a crowd of about 50 or 60 people wondering what it was all about. And it was just, yeah, it was just um, magic. It was for, really was. Uh, for, um, if you're not aware of this, the Uterpa, as she was, uh, built in 1863, became the star of India, is now in San Diego. And she's uh, seaworthy, isn't she? She is. We, we went for a sail on her. And uh, the morning before the sail, we were waiting on the quay and singing songs from the show and a few sea shanties. And CNN News came up and we were on their breakfast TV. And you have something like 53 million viewers up the west coast of California. You were talking about the show that you took. What was it? It was uh, the show that was written by um, uh, the two Ramsey ladies. The um, Northern Theatre Group. Heather, yeah, Northern yeah. Colloidron, Northern Theatre Group. Yeah. And Colloidron actually means players in Manx. So it's a Northern Players Colloidron Theatre Group. And uh, Marion, um, uh, the lady that's just died, and uh, Heather Rafino wrote this a couple of years ago. And it's all about the story. And it's a fascinating story. 21 times around the world, 27 times up to Alaska, jammed in ice in Alaska at one point. And, you know, thank goodness it went back to San Diego where the Americans have preserved it. And, of course, the Americans really know how to preserve stuff like that. And it's 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 anybody going to America, put that in on your bucket list to go and see the, the star. It's Do you fabulous. think um, we're missing a trick in not allying ourselves with, with the star of India? Do you think? I think we've built a lot of good relationships now. Um, there's there's some really good people there that um, come regularly to the Isle of Man. Um, and we're building on that with the North American Manx Association. Um, I tried to get um, educational um, connections, but the problem is our kids are going to sleep when their kids are waking up. And it's a time um, mm. difference that's a problem on that. But there are still links there. Um, I made links with the um, US Coast Guard that uh, are very prolific around San Diego. And, uh, of course, with my interest in the lifeboats, it was interesting to talk to them. Organ donation is something that um, you were involved in. The Just talk us through the bill that you introduced. Well, I'm very keen on everybody opting in to donate their organs, and if they don't wish to donate their organs, they can easily opt out. And that was one of the things I ran on when I um, was becoming an MHK, very keen to put it forward. And, of course, with Brexit and uh, latterly COVID, it was, it was quite an exercise. When I started uh, the organ donning journey, it became apparent that our human tissue laws were so far out of date, it had to be the organ doning and the human tissue laws that all needed sorting out. Um, and the human tissue, of course, went back to pre-Old Hay children's organ scandal. So we really needed to get them up to date. Um, a lot of liaison with the UK uh, database. Um, certain people wanted us to have our own database in the Isle of Man, which would have cost an awful lot of money to maintain an extra hassle. We negotiated with the UK, we could go on their database for um, organ doning and blood transfusion. Uh, didn't cost us a thing. It was a one-stop shop for the medics and anybody who wished to register um, their wishes, and it's very important to register your wishes, could go on that database and tick the boxes. Some people don't want their eyes to be donated, so you don't tick that box. Um, you can uh, opt out of various other things or opt in, and you can tick the box, I do not wish any of my organs to be donated. At the moment, it's opt-in, isn't it? it uh, yeah, it's it's, it, it, well, we're still waiting for secondary legislation, which is very, very... Um 
Was there was there budget set aside for the implementation of the full, organisation bill? Yeah, full Treasury concurrence was achieved at the outset of the bill, and uh, unfortunately, I didn't get re-elected, so it wasn't chased up. And, and nobody's taken that up. I think it's now um, coming to the fore. Diane Taylor is is like a little terrier. She's there um, fighting for the charity and fighting to get it sorted. And I think it is underway. But I think it's a case of there is some extra cash required. I'm not sure. But like all these things, if you don't do it then, as time goes on, it gets more expensive to do whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, But I've I've got a bit of a gripe against government because not only the secondary legislation on that wasn't implemented, the secondary legislation on the competition bill. And that was the other bill that I put forward. I did three bills in all um, in the last administration. The competition bill was was quite a a bill. Um, It wasn't the organ donning was 130 something clauses. Competition was about 40, I think, but still nonetheless quite um, Mm. uh, a a contentious bill because uh, you don't want competition, do you? But when competition has to be um, brought in line for the UK to include us in trade deals and all the rest of it, we had to have a competition bill. Um, And the secondary legislation hadn't been done on that. So Tesco's waltzed in without any problems whatsoever. We'll come to Tesco and and that in a moment. But uh, Diane Taylor, you mentioned, she's the founder of the Organ Donation Isle of Man. And she's hit out at politicians as progression with the new legislation would effectively flip the current system appears to have slowed down. Daniel's law got royal assent in 2021, but is yet to come into force. In a statement on social media, Diane said it would seem that saving lives is not as important uh, as discussing whether the bishop gets a vote in Timwell. Perhaps, ironically, a proposal that's been brought forward by the health minister, Laurie Hooper. Well, it's two and a half years since that law gained royal assent, and there's nothing. Do you know, I'm not one to normally voice anything that I'm going to possibly, you know, gain the backlash from. Everyone knows I lost Daniel, you know, when I tell his story to try and promote organ donation and thinking and talking about it. And to me, those things, they're not as important as saving lives. The bishops vote in Timwald, have we got a new bishop? So to me, in my head, well, is that at this point important? But we're talking people's lives here that can be saved people from the Isle of Man are waiting for transplants aren't they? Because I have been there along with Daniel's dad had to make that decision. It's a choice that we all need to make. I am a mum who has been in that position, had to make a decision and all I want to do is get the Manx public talking about it so that in the most traumatic time of their life their loved one would have already made the decision. Uh, that um, story uh, has, uh, I mean, it appeals to absolutely everybody, but unless you're in the middle of that maelstrom, of that vortex, and, and suffering that quiet desperation of having somebody, a friend, a relative, husband or wife, who needs an organ transplant, it's not at the forefront of most people's consciences, uh, consciences is it? And, and as you say, until it actually happens. And this is um, one of the reasons why I got into politics. This is affect everyday people's lives. But and, you were really passionate about this, oh, weren't I you? I was, yeah. And I'd had friends who'd had been waiting for kidney uh, transplants in the UK. And what a difference it makes. And every year we have a, uh, a church show. And Diane is absolutely passionate about driving this because she has been there with Daniel's death. And 
and his death resulted in seven or eight people, I think it was, having their lives changed. Yeah. But we have a service every year at the beginning of December for the organ donors' families and also the recipients' families. And the, um, the solace that the organ donors' families get um, knowing that their loved one has not died in vain and their organs have gone on to completely transform somebody else's life and actually, in many cases, kept them alive um, is, is very humbling to see that. And then the other side of the coin is the people that have received a transplant, they never, ever forget that their good will, their good luck, is a result of another family's tragedy and the dignity in which they all conduct themselves. And this is the real um, politics that affects people's lives and, and people don't expect it they can suddenly get thrown into this and it really does make a difference and if you make your wishes known the pressure on the family um, the question previously would be would you allow your uh, families uh, your relatives organs to be donated and you probably wouldn't have even discussed it now it is your family member has registered that they're going to they want their organs donated did you ever hear them change their mind and if the response is no, then the donation will go ahead. If they say, actually, do you know what? At lunchtime on Sunday, they decided they didn't want to donate, um, there would be no donation. So it is very important that people make their wishes known. Have you spoken to anybody in Timbald about this? Um, I do when I meet certain MHKs, and um, th the problem is it's, it's on the back burner. There's a lot of other stuff going on. So, I mean, to the, to the person in the street who wouldn't understand what the process is, what has to happen now for it to, to, to be enacted? Um, as I understand, it's a bit of a green area, a grey area, because people don't. Um, I, I think it's really in industry terms. Coming from industry, I'm used to standard operating procedures. This is what we do in that circumstance. This is then the next stage, and this is the next step. And I think it's got to be spelt out in those terms. Okay, well, this is what Diane Taylor would say to the current MHKs. Think about organ donation, but also think about your loved ones and if they needed a transplant because the only way that people can get a transplant is if people have kindly agreed after their death to donate their organs and that is only going to happen if people know about organ donation understand organ donation and Daniel's law is brought in and it's only now the government and the, the MHKs that, that can do that I can't do any more. Martin can't do any more. Martin's hard work is, you know, is done, and yet, as I know, he's still fighting. I can't do any more myself. There she is. That's Diane Taylor, and we're live with former MHK Martin Perkins talking about nuclear reactors and Tesco arriving on the Isle of Man in force. You've heard the saying, when one door closes, another opens. Well, that's exactly what's happened with Santander International. We've moved our friendly branch team to the Santander Work Cafe at Market Hall on North Quay. So in addition to the great new location, you can use all the facilities of the Work Cafe and enjoy eats, treats and coffee from our awesome cafe partners, Noah. We've also extended our opening hours to 8am to 5pm every weekday. Now that's what we call a great move. Santander International is the trading name of Santander Financial Services PLC, Isle of Man branch, and is regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. See santanderinternational.co.uk Come on. 
Not again. We need to go to Affol. They only do Nissan. Oh, don't be daft. They service and repair all makes and models. Huh. Main dealer prices, though. <sighs> our Nathan says it's not just about the cost per hour, as what one technician does in three hours, Affol might do in one. And you get a courtesy vehicle. Look at that. Told you we needed to come to Athol. Oh, be quiet and drive. Bored of the same nights out at the same places? Then choose Merlin Hotel for a night of incredible entertainment. On Saturday the 27th of January, enjoy our tribute night with Adele's biggest hits. Experience a night of amazing entertainment, a three-course a la carte dinner, plus overnight stay and breakfast for only £195 per couple. Or enjoy a three-course a la carte dinner plus amazing entertainment for £50 per person. Visit maninhotel.im or call 602-555. Tonight at 6 o'clock here on Manx Radio, join Kiri Kermit and myself, Simon Cock, for the new series of Countryside. We'll be catching up with the Manx Grassland Society Awards judge, Alan Webster, and one of the contenders, Will Duggan. It's been a difficult time for market garden producers on the Isle of Man and I popped along to Rendu Farm in Jerby to speak to one of the leading ones here on the Isle of Man, Stuart Allenson. That's all in Countryside tonight here on Manx Radio at 6 o'clock and don't forget you can download and subscribe to the podcast for free at manxradio.com The Man in Line with Andy Witt. And Martin Perkins is here, former Garth MHK and uh, we'll talk about the RNLI and nuclear power and what have you but Julian's first on today. Hi Julian. Hi Andy and hello Martin. Hi Julian, thank you for calling in. Hi, yeah. So many topics to talk about. I could talk about all sorts of things with you, I think. Um, just one of them is uh, Canada, since implementing their medical assistance in dying, has gone from nowhere to world number one in organ harvesting international sales, the proceeds of which go straight into the government coffers. Do you have any concerns that the assisted dying bill here may take us on the same trajectory? Uh, I do have concerns about that sort of thing happening, but uh, the legislation that is being considered on the island would absolutely no way allow for organ harvesting. Uh, But that could be changed in a future government, couldn't it? Uh, It it could be, but I would think it's highly unlikely, but you would say that's what's happened in Canada. But I I think it's highly unlikely um, in our society. Yeah, I mean, also... um Theo Boa has uh, problems with because he was the guy that um, did the first one in Belgium, and they're also their um, you might call their their tax take on organ harvesting with their assisted dying bill has also gone up a lot as well as in fact the Netherlands, uh, Oregon seeing the same thing. So it makes me wonder if you know if you if you let the door open, will this be some form of a way of um, balancing up the books? You might say. I think they're very isolated and unusual um, uh, countries that uh, have have gone down that route. It's very, very few. Um, Assisted dying is very prevalent in a load of other countries. And my son is in Australia and it works extremely well out there. And um, there are checks and balances um, that are in place. And these are important uh, that we will be included in our assisted dying. Um, And I think if you ask the uh, general public... 80 percent plus are for assisted dying and it's the politicians that have got cold feet about um, the introduction of it but if you look at the broad spectrum of what is happening around the world um, you know who are people to deny somebody who is suffering internally and and have a limited um, life expectancy who are they to deny the suffering and in fact I think Archbishop um, George Carey
Hillary came out and said um, that the church would be behind that. Okay. Anything else, Julian? Yeah, actually, I'll ask a different question. Um, I know, Martin, you've got um, a lot of knowledge with your engineering on um, shipping and maritime industry. Just wondering, would there, the problem with the Manxman in recent times, do you think it's a combination of the, the near to the limit length and also it's quite wide, isn't it? It's even wider, I think, than some of the Stenoline um, ships. Do you think the windage um, limits combined with the fact that it's quite long and it's quite wide. Do you think that might have been exacerbating problems with it in, in terms of the cancellations that happened over, over December? I, I don't think that. Uh, the boat is a beefed up version uh, of, of what we've got. There is windage and there is water. You're quite right on that. And there is a lot of misinformation flying around on social media. And uh, the, the boat is much more powerful than the previous boats uh, for manoeuvring. But as a new car, you drive it into your garage very carefully and uh, that is what we're doing at the moment and we've had to wait for pilots to come on board and tell the masters get qualified to pilot themselves in to the court uh, to the harbors and um, of course the, the public get hold of it and this information gets out of hand and I was really disappointed to see on some of the Manx forums um, people actually slandering the boss of the steam packet and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some legal action somewhere that, that some of the comments were totally out of order from people that hadn't got a clue what they were talking about and it's a classic um, Dunning-Kruger effect the people with little knowledge think they know the whole the whole story um, but a professor in that subject realises he doesn't know hardly anything about the subject and, and I think I, I would put it down to that really okay all right thanks Julian thanks Andy cheers good to hear from you and Howard uh, you're live with Martin Perkins uh, good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Mr. Perkins. Howard, you can call me Martin. We, we, I, I came round your house and had a cup of tea when I was in MHK, if you remember. You, I do. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and you put me right on Manx gas, and uh, it was. Uh, I, I did appreciate it. And your, your wife makes some very good homemade cake, if I remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I've just got my gas bill through now. It's for 10 days after I put a, um, an email into them. Yes. And. Um, Okay, it's it's not cheap, but I put it in simply because of the price of the gas coming down, and that bill has just popped through the door about half an hour ago, and it's all, well, I wouldn't say it was fine, because having to pay bills like that, well, it's a way of life. But uh, yes, gas is uh, going to be a, a bit of a bane. But one of us, uh, and I came in halfway through when uh, Julian was on talking about um, organ transplants. Yep. Now, I'm all in favour of this. I do carry a card. And I note that the Isle of Man government are removing from the licence application, driving licence application, your ability to uh, become a donor. Um, I've not heard anything. It might be out there, but did the Isle of Man follow the opt-out situation as in the UK where you're normally now taken as having opted in and will um, be an organ uh, donator. Uh, also, um, the word harvesting, it seems a ter terrible word, but it's done by specialist teams because for many years I worked at the airport and I used to see there'd be private aircraft coming in with teams of surgeons, consultants, and they will be going up to Nobles Hospital and removing specific organs and taking them away to various hospitals throughout the UK, invariably saving lives. Um, 
Are the um, the surgeons uh, do they still come here, or is the person that's the organ donator? Um, are they flown away off the island now, and the organs removed in the UK? If so, what is the situation for returning the remains? Right. First of all, Howard, the um, license was um, didn't go anywhere. Even if you take that box, um, it didn't do anything. And so that was the reason why it was re- removed. And the um, advice to the public is make your wishes known to a relative. And also, if you've got the Internet or you can phone up the UK organ doning and blood transfusion line and they will put your name on there. And it's a one stop shop. If, if an accident happens in the UK or if uh, you have a problem over here, the, the surgeons can have a, a, a look at that straight away and uh, it's, it's it streamlines the operation. Yes, as, I am a card carrier. Yep, oh, that's, that's good. Um, as res, uh, respect to the organs, they are removed by a specialist team. The team comes to the island and what has made it um, advance over the years is the fact that they can now keep the organs for longer. Um, yes. Are, and it used to be a problem to get them off the island and get them into the recipient very, very quickly. But as technology has improved, um, uh, they, they're not quite so needed so um, rapidly. And there's a bit more time for the surgeons to act. So, yeah, we are a, um, a big supplier of organs. Um, and uh, we are also a recipients. We've got people with heart transplants on the island, a number of kidney transplants of people on the island and I'm just passionate about it to help people in their hour of need Yes, it's the best gift you can ever give but um, as I say, I I worked down there for many years and one night there were four aircraft four individual aircraft in with teams and this (laughs) made me wonder what would happen now because they kept the airport open all night and these teams were working in Nobles Hospital with their attendant pilots, etc., all waiting just to fly off from the Isle of Man. Now, God forbid whatever would happen now, you know, with the um, the airport, the state, it, um, what the possibilities of organs getting transported off the island? Well, that's a very good question, isn't it? And I would hope that the airport would stay open in that case. Um, uh, but as you say, it's uh, yeah. We, we, I can't say that for sure, but I would just hope that everybody would pull together and, and get the organs off the island. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. Thanks, Sam. Good to hear from you. Thanks Thank you, Howard. I got a note in from uh, Julie who just said, "Hi, Martin. You lost because of voting strategies and too many candidates. Hope you stand again." <laughs> well, thank you, Julie. Yeah. Martin uh, Perkins, are you going to stand again? I've got to think about it. It's we're only halfway through this administration, and there's a lot of stuff going on in my life regarding the RNLI and various other things I'm involved with uh, Isle of Man Maritime um, organ donation and in fact you could say I'm just as busy as I was as when I was an MHK so um, yeah and I'm not getting any younger although I'm passionate and really up for putting the Isle of Man on the map and, and helping the community because we have got a very very special community um, on the island um, I'll make a decision in a year or two's time. What do you think of social media? It's a double-edged sword. Um, my glass is always half full, so I always try and post positive stuff on social media. What are you on? Twitter, Facebook? I uh, don't do Twitter. I do Facebook. Um, but I was down in London at the Maritime Week um, with Isle of Man Maritime, and they, 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 um, they actually hired the Golden Hind one evening. And... Uh, 
Sir Francis Drake's. Uh, yeah, path. absolutely. And we had a reception on there. And during the week, I was talking to various people, trying to convince people to come to the island and uh, flying the flag, if you like. And there were no MHKs down there. And I asked around when I got back. And of course, the MHKs are being accused on social media of being on a jolly. Um, and that's not the case. When you're actually off representing the island, you're an ambassador for the island. Uh, you talk the island up, get people to come here and uh, create an interest. Um, but if people are going to slag you off, oh, yeah, they're on a jolly. No wonder the MHKs don't put themselves forward, um, which is a great shame. Uh, you mentioned the RNLI. What's your involvement? Uh, I'm chair of Douglas Branch, RNLI station number one. Um, and the chair of the branch involves um, overall uh, looking after the station overall. We have a very good um, LOM uh, manager of operations, Peter uh, Washington. And we have on the other side um, the vivacious Jilly Cowley, who her and her ladies, she's well known throughout the island, her and her ladies of the guild that raise money for the lifeboat. Um, and in addition to that I do one week in three is launch authority so you you get the phone call from either Belfast or um, the Coast Guard or the control room and you actually make the decision with the coxswain whether the boat is going to go or or what. How long have you been sailing yourself? When did you start? Oh I sailed in the West Country in Somerset probably well since I was nine or ten grew up in a sailing family and um, yeah that's why I'm interested in maritime things and the other side of the family was was farming my mother's parents were um, small holders so I've got a great affinity for the farming industry and my heart goes out to farming uh, they've been faced with um, real difficulties um, if you look at climate change they're either a drought or at the end of the summer is, is a month's rain in a couple of hours and if you go to the west country now every other field that's south facing is covered in solar panels and you can't blame the farmers they're de-risking the business and uh, i i really worry for the future of of farming uh, what about i mean laxey mills is all but redundant at the moment there are rumors it's going to be sold to be trendy flats and the mills may go elsewhere obviously it's big customer ramsey bakery went yep where's that leading us one of the problems is with modern technology you can do in the size of three or four container what Laxey mills do with all the wool building they've got um, but of course the farmers um, it's not worth their while to produce um, wheat. Um, no milling wheat sown at all No absolutely and you know, be careful what you wish for. People moan about the price of Ramsey Bakery, uh, the price of bread and here we are, we've lost them and use it or lose it and it's the same with all island produce we've got some fantastic grass fed meat fantastic um, produce that is on sale um, uh, in various places farmers markets around the place um, Tesco's have said that they will provide uh, will provide the um, Manx produce uh, I just hope they keep their word on that and if I was in the IFT I would make sure that they, they did um, keep at least a percentage of well, Let's of come back food. to that competition thing you were talking about And what where was the, the competition did we lack a competition um, uh, clause because Tesco just seemingly just walked in and they've, they've got an enormous, close to a monopoly. I mean, there is Spa and there is the co-op. 
But, I mean, they've got nine venues now. Yeah. Um, well, the problem was the secondary legislation wasn't in place, and that would have said um, anybody getting more than 51% of the uh, market share would be investigated. But none of that was in place, and so Tesco's, you know, the island was caught with his trousers down, basically. Presumably Tesco yeah. knew that. I would think so, yeah. I mean, they, they, their marketing is, is very good. Having said all that, they've made a pledge that they will keep their prices the same as the UK, plus a little bit for carriage. So if we get five pence on a box of cornflakes, then that is quite reasonable. And if I was in the OFT, um, I would be making sure that the officers monitored the price in the UK and actually kept that pledge of just a few pence on each item. And I think if we can do that, and they, if they can also bring in uh, a cheap line in uh, children's school schoolware, that would be great. Um, I don't know whether we can uh, have their mobile phone um, uh, thing that they offer. Uh, probably not, but we should be trying to persuade Tesco's to do that. And, okay. Uh, yep. All right, Steve, you're live with Martin Perkins. Hi, Steve. Oh, no, we've lost Steve. He's, he's done a runner. We'll find him. Hello, this is Doug Farragher. In conjunction with Manx Radio, I'd like to invite you to join us and learn something about our native Gaelic tongue, the language of man. Everyone's more conscious of energy usage nowadays, so Manx Utilities has begun installing smart meters for standard domestic customers island-wide. With our Smart Living app available too, you'll be in control of tracking and managing your energy. No need to contact us. We'll be in touch when we're ready to fit your smart meter. Visit the Smarter Living page at manxutilities.in. Manx Utilities, delivering a smarter future. Have you heard the news? We are number one. We are family run. My Motors. The huge Mike's Motors winter sale is now on with prices that will warm your heart, a handsome £200 worth of Marks and Spencer's vouchers and a full tank of fuel with every vehicle sold. Buy now with nothing to pay for three months and up to £500 cashback available on all our finance deals. So come on down to Castletown and grab your deal today. T's and C's apply. Mike's Motors is an approved Conister Bank partner. Welcome to the Ramsey Park Hotel where there's always a warm welcome and something to enjoy. Make it special this Valentine's from 7 30 to midnight and enjoy renowned tribute act ultimate buble live with a rival drink and three-course meal for only 49 pounds or even better make a romantic night of it and stay over with breakfast included and prosecco and chocolate on check-in for only 199 pounds per couple for more news on food offers and events call 818-123 or visit the ramsey park hotel on facebook manx radio breakfast and we're here every weekday with the morning's main stories it's such an important topic that it's important that we we get it right. I was surprised a bit but I was really determined that I wasn't going to let these lot down at home. The latest weather and travel news. Our daily quiz. Sound bites. And plenty of other topics. You don't have to crunch anything like when you're going through the short crust. It's superior in every way. I'm learning so much about you two. Who has this many opinions on pie? Manx Radio Breakfast. Back tomorrow from 7.30. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. And Martin Perkins, <clears throat> excuse me, former MHK for Garth. Michael says, uh, in my area, we had five properties affected by floodwaters that ran from an abandoned railway line left to overgrow for years. It took me two years of writing to get it addressed. They sent diggers to the railway track and cleared ditches. The DOI expected the five households, including me, to pay to drain floodwaters from our gardens and homes after an investigation. 
investigation that took just six minutes. In Laxey, householders lost all their possessions in flooding. It occurred because the DOI allowed rivers to be blocked as well. Residents can't get home insurance and uh, the DOI should take heed of the warnings of flooding and take them seriously as soon as it's reported and investigate the sources. It, um Still not been sorted out in Laxey, has it, that flooding? They've gone a long way to, uh, to sort it out, but um, unfortunately you only have to look around uh, the UK, uh, various places, and there are a lot of places that have been flooded. Now, in particular on the, the railway line, the uh, DOI should make sure that these culverts and um, all the drainage systems are, are kept in, in good condition, um, and that clearly hasn't been the case. But it, as, as an MHK, I took up several cases of this um, and it is extremely difficult to make the DOI see sense and, and do it. Um, they got rid of a lot of the old gangs that knew where all the other smaller culverts were that helped um, and in addition to that part of the flooding in Laxey was the new um, Ardria and the um, All Saints Park development uh, where there were fields before where the water was gradually draining away like a, you know, like blotting paper, it gradually drained away. Um, the water goes on the roof on the drive straight down into Laxey and that was it. And um, the um, Arup report, I think, uh, came out with the fact that there shouldn't be any major development in Laxey with, with roofs and uh, driveways like that. Um, but my heart goes out to the people that have suffered. Um, and I think everybody with IM7 on their postcode uh, has had massive insurance premiums increases. Um, and, uh, you know, people, are, I mean, you as a, when you were a politician, you knew how to navigate this sort of stuff. You knew how to navigate legislation and authority and officialdom. The person in the street doesn't know this. It's really, it's distressing. It is. And if, if the water's coming in the front of your house and going out the back, it is it's heartbreaking. Um, the One of the problems is with the laws on the Isle of Man, there are no laws to stop you discharging water from your property to the chap farther down. And that really needs looking at. When you were chair of the OFT, yep. um, I mean, does the OFT have enough teeth? Is it fit for purpose? People say it hasn't got enough teeth, um, but actually there are, there are times when they can get involved and uh, as per the island, um, it's more jollying along and the threat of the OFT ringing up say, well, I'll tell you a quick funny story now about the OFT. Um, we had a call from um, a lady who rang up and said, I'm, I'm really frustrated, I've got liquid coming out of the back of my television that I just bought from a local TV people. And generally the local TV suppliers look after their customers really well because they have to compete with the internet. And this is back in 2016. So we sent a chat round and lo and behold, there was liquid coming out the back of a TV. And he said, um, has anybody put a vase of flowers on your table? Because it wasn't the way for thin ones. It was it's six inch wide. They were starting to get thinner, 2016. And uh, no, I don't have any flowers and uh, I don't allow any food and drink in my front room. Um, no leaking pipes, no condensation. Right, okay. So the local supplier came up and change the TV. Three weeks later, the OFT has another call. There's water coming out of my new TV. And the engineer came up with our officer and uh, he said, Madam, have you put any drinks on the top of the television? No, I don't allow any food in the front room. Um, I'm allergic to flowers. I don't have any flowers on there. Um, no condensation. And he took the precaution of saving the packaging to see that it hadn't got damp in transit. And uh, they're discussing what it could be. And a six-year-old lad wandered in to the room, her child, and said, I don't like that TV. 
so the penny then dropped that he'd been having a wee in the back of the TV and so one very uh, uh, amused engineer and office of trading uh, official and one very embarrassed mum and one very very lucky chap who didn't do himself a mischief oh good grief so there are funny sides to to, to these things I but, can just imagine the form for that <laughs> but, but coming back to the OFT um, it is involved in everything you do and if you buy a pint of beer it's involved in checking that you actually get a pint of beer you oh, it's buy, weights and measures yeah weights and me- everything's traceable to national standards if you put your case on the uh, 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 Way checking in desk the, that is traceable all the um, uh, weighing scales in supermarkets within three or four years have probably been checked back to national st- all that type of stuff liaising closely with the police on itinerant traders people that get off the boat with a ladder excuse me missus your roof needs fixing um, it's three grand by the way um, we keep an eye on all that and the public are really good they phone in they uh, see these things happening and phone in and with the police we work very closely to try and keep that out of the way um, uh, if you've got debt problems the debt counselling service that the OFT offer, operates is, is really spot on and free and free yeah, absolutely and it's one of the highest rec- uh, highest rated services that government office uh, offer um, and a vast load of other stuff that you wouldn't possibly imagine that the OFT gets involved and there's what seven offices or there was then I don't know what it is now but they work extremely well extremely hard and they check the octane of the fuel in the TT with, with together with the government mm. analysts they work very closely with government analysts and yeah they, they they do a tremendous job and don't get a lot of thanks for it really do you think you did a good job as an MHK I think so um, the problem is you're only as good as your last news conference and when you're faced with um, a Facebook campaign uh, against you on, cer- on certain key things Elms it, it's, it's difficult to you know once the genie's out of the bottle on Facebook whatever you say I mean you got it in the neck for the Elms didn't you oh the, yeah oh, well that was um, the last one in Europe and um, I don't know who it was who posted it but they should really look at the um, misinformation that was put out there the last elm tree tunnel in Europe and there's, there's loads of them we've got Sandygate Ellerslie um, and a couple of others on the island um, and somebody got hold of Chris Packham so I had this email from Chris Packham and I thought it was one of my colleagues winding me up but it was a genuine Chris Packham who probably hadn't even been to the island um, saying what a disgusting thing it was but we took it as a road safety issue um, the uh, commissioners took it as road safety issue the, there was no response initially from Manx Wildlife Trust or um, the Green Party uh, only when it went through uh, that was it and um, uh, it, uh, yeah, it hit the headlines there were 52,000 people that signed the petition um, they all don't live in Laxey by the way <laughs> so um, yeah it, it is what it is So um, I know you support the power of recall for uh, for MHKs and MLCs Absolutely we I mean, Why? Yeah. Why do you think that should happen? Uh, if people are that disgruntled with their MHK or the MLC, there should be power of recall. As simple as that. How would that work, though, in uh, practical, <sighs> practically? That's what you need sorting out. How to do it in a reasonable manner, um, and to make sure it's just not a few people putting the boot in. Uh, you would probably start off with a captain of the parish, um, with a requisition, requisition meeting. Yeah, yeah um, requisition meeting, and um, then you would have to get 50% of the voting public, or, or something like that. Mm. Um, and I think um, we haven't got that. And, of course, we haven't got political parties, so you yeah. could conceivably get a rogue MHK that um, really upsets everybody. So uh, and wouldn't that just encourage, I mean, what you were talking about on, on social media, wouldn't, wouldn't the possibility of recalling an MHK or an MLC, wouldn't that encourage that sort of mob mentality? <sighs> I, I th- yeah, it probably would. Um, I think 
one of the problems with free speech, it comes with responsibility. And um, I think uh, there is a, it's incumbent on people that post on uh, Facebook and what have you to be reasonable, um, highlight the situation, but don't go overboard on it and post positive known information rather than rubbish that just comes uh, from pub talk or something. Um, but yeah, on, on the recall, you would have it so that um, there would have to be uh, a, a more than 50% majority in favour of um, uh, recalling the MHK. Okay. Uh, can you ask Martin to clarify the IM7 insurance rise? We live in Balaf, and our postcode starts with IM7. Sorry, it should be IM4. I beg your pardon. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to frighten everybody in IM7. I, I do apologies. Yeah, it's IM4. Seven is is the actual area around the Laxey Fighting Area. I am for seven. seven yeah. Right, OK. Yeah. Uh, you support photographic ID for the boat. I do. If you ask any police officer on the island, they are having one arm tied behind their back when they're dealing with um, people that are coming in from the UK. Um, I know we're in the uh, area of free movement, um, but I absolutely believe that um, photographic ID should be shown. We need to know who's coming on the island and who's leaving the island, um, purely and simply because the island is very susceptible to these county lines and if you look at what is happening across uh, the crime that goes with drugs and we are starting to see it on the island yeah. um, we need to nip that in the bud Let's come to uh, you mentioned uh, solar panels in the West Country in England as well uh, there's a possibility of wind turbines in the south of the Isle of Man where do you stand on wind turbines? I think we do need wind turbines um, and uh, it's, it's ironic isn't it because on the one hand they're very green but the Green Party don't want them in an area of um, national beauty and if you could argue that the whole of the Isle of Man is an area of outstanding national beauty but we have to do something and my my thrust on future power, we have to future-proof the island against all eventualities. We're facing a, a massive upheaval of society as we know it, but we have to future-proof future ourselves, and that includes nuclear, that includes wind power, that includes geothermal. We have to look at it all, and I've made no um, secret of the fact that I believe that we should be looking at nuclear power in greater depth. I think we've said it's the N-word, nuclear, we're not going to go anywhere near it, um, and I think that's a big mistake. If you look at what's happening worldwide, um, small modular reactors are becoming commonplace and these mini modular reactors um, are coming to the fore. Um, Hitachi, so you think we should have a small nuclear reactor, the mini module reactor on the Isle of Man? Yeah, we should look into it. And, you, you know, you've got Hitachi's, your Rolls Royces, Westinghouse, BXW Technology. Um, there's a University of Idaho who's actually got several on test at the moment. Bill Gates is involved with it. And uh, it's um, it's not such a bad, unclean energy as it is made out. And I think going forward, if you look at all the um, mining that is involved with batteries and wind turbines, the rare metals that we have to, rare earth metals that you have to put in the super magnets of the wind turbines, actually nuclear stacks up pretty well. Uh, because the one thing that people zero in on is the nuclear waste. Now, if you imagine a mini nuclear reactor, um, the fuel is in the size... Uh, 
uh, it's uranium pellets that would fit in a Pringles tube. Um, you fire up the reactor and that will produce you 40 megawatts for the next next uh, five or six years, depending on the use. Um, when that's finished, you recycle the fuel that's in there to lesser medical applications or industrial applications, lesser radio, um, uh, radioactive um, strengths, and you pop a new one in for the next four years. And these things will be built in factories a bit like aircraft. They will be moving through the factory and they will have a lot less movable parts and um, be very easily installed, the size of two tennis courts. Now, what do you think of uh, the Kroger gas possibilities? I think uh, you should uh, take the gas out and use that to convert and um, l- look at your mix and use that revenue that's generated from that um, to support the other um, alternative energy sources. Um, okay, and again, you've mentioned uh, something. I mean, do you think the government's moving fast enough on alternative energy? Do you think we're we're dragging our heels or on par? I, th- I think we're dragging our heels. We have to, you know, it's, it's not as if wind turbines have suddenly been invented. They've been around a long, long time. Forty years. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we should we should be innovators. We should be out there carrying the torch and doing um, putting the Isle of Man on the map. Yeah, there's a risk involved, and you won't be perfect in everything you do, but. Was it Winston Churchill said that, um, was it, um, uh, perfection is the enemy of progress? And I think that's a really good thing. Oh, yeah, and procrastination is, uh, is uh, it's a disease, procrastination. Uh, I just want to ask you also, uh, about, we've talked about the um, uh, nuclear reactors and where you go with that. Yep. Um, but just going back to organ donation, you, this has well, got actually, lo- lots and lots of reaction with organ donation. Sorry, go yeah. on. No, can I just pick you up on that? This, the icing on the cake for the nuclear reactors would be to have our own nuclear registry. And I know that our competitors are snapping at our heels. What's a nuclear registry? Well, we've got a really good shipping registry and licensing system. And we should be doing the, that with worldwide with the new modular reactors that are coming out. And now is the time to start looking at that and we've already got the model the shipping registry and the aircraft registry sorry back to organ donation uh yes um so uh, can you be a whole body donor somebody can you be a, a whole body how much can you give of your body do you know what? i'm not sure about that um i only I, know i mean i was talking to somebody earlier on today about this my pal chris sadly passed away a few years ago yeah, yeah they t- they took his um i think it's what's the big bone in the top of your leg is that the fibula or the tibia fibula the, yep fibula they took that which is and they use that they grind that up and use that for hip replacements yes so you can use bones he gave absolutely everything skin really. the rest of it oh cornea and what have you yeah his heart went to i think uh, to the birmingham children's hospital hospital for six babies yeah from one heart it's, it's just amazing what can be and i know yeah, i mean yeah. bless him chris is no longer with us obviously but he would have been delighted about that he yeah. would have been absolutely delighted that so many people benefited from that how do you i mean what do you say to people some people have religious um misgivings about this well actually if you if you if you look at the major religions they've all they're all starting to come out in favor of um transplants um years ago the dogma was such that certain religions didn't but that is now changing and i think um you know it is such a good thing to do for your fellow man that um you know you you should be master of your own destiny okay phil said um many nuclear actors um would produce 
far too much energy for the Isle of Man. What would we do with the electricity left over? We sell it to the UK. Um, basically, you, you have your cable, and, and we, another cable is in the option, I believe, that's, that's happening. But the, the micro-reactors will produce about 45 megawatts flat out. And you, you, you have your wind turbines, you have your solar panels, and when the wind doesn't blow, you turn up your nuclear power and turn it down as you need it. And if the UK is short of, of power, um, you can sell it to them at a premium. Just tell us about the RNLI briefly. Uh, you're chair of Douglas, yes? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, and, and how's the fundraising going for the? I mean, it's top of the pops, isn't it? D- uh, the RNLI on the Isle of Man. It is, and we're trying to get a new boat in Douglas that um, is, is is well underway. I, I hear from the powers that be. Um, this time of year, we what all, class is it at the moment? Uh, at the moment, it's a Mersey. It's one of the oldest Merseys on their books, and uh, it's always been patched up and repaired, and uh, it's it, to keep it serviceable um, but hopefully we're going to get a new Shannon in, in uh, the plans that are being put forward they cost a fortune don't they the they do um, yeah something like 4 million or something like that plus plus the boathouse that hopefully we'll get so um, so will there be a new boathouse in Douglas yes I, um, I, I'm told there will be but as yet we haven't got a place for it so uh, we're waiting with interest good thanks for being with us today Martin really appreciate it you're very welcome Andy thank you Thanks to Martin Perkins. This coming Friday, the MHKs from Middleron, Jane Paul Wilson and Stu Peters. And we're open line tomorrow on Manx Radio. Thanks to Chris Quirk on the phones today. W-I-N-T.